Previously in the Vigilance, the team confronted Knuckleduster and Rat King to figure out their plan. They revealed that they were paid to cause a distraction, and when Casey took their phone, she found out that they were paid by Jacob Dawes, Jackie's grandfather. Jackie revealed that he lives in a retirement home in the city, and after 1UP made a quick change into a cobbled-together cosplay disguise, the team decided to pay him a visit and find out what's going on. Will the Vigilance get the answers they want? Find out in Vigilance 3, Sunset Manor. Irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name, I use he him pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter and most other places as Podcaster Elliot. I am going to continue to be your GM as we keep on trucking with Masks A New Generation, and I am joined today as always by... Hey everybody, Anita here. I will be playing Omega Lanu, the soldier playbook. Omega uses they them pronouns. Anita uses she her pronouns. But you can find Anita at Anita the Lesbian on the Twitters and the TikTok to check out what I'm doing. Hello there everyone. I'm JV, aka Red Black Golden on all social media. My pronouns are she, they, and I will be playing Jackie Cuervo Dawes, a.k.a. the Magpie. Hello, my name is Nika. I use they, he pronouns, and you can find me in most places as Gummisart online. And here I am playing Casey Everett, a.k.a. Technojack, who uses they, she pronouns and a protege playbook. Hi, everybody. I'm Allie. I use she, they, or any pronouns you like. I am playing Joy Joyso Southbridge, aka 1UP, a Janice playbook. Joy uses she or they pronouns. 1UP uses they, them pronouns. You can find me, Allie, at Allie underscore Yakta underscore Est, everywhere on social. Vigilance number three is going to begin with our four titular teenage heroes making their way into one of the retirement homes of Infinity City. The four of you walk through the door. Magpie, Technojack, and Omega, all in civilian clothes. So I should refer to them as Jackie, Casey, and Omega. And... Joy in something resembling civilian clothes, though not her own. Right on up until the moment that those doors open, Jackie was looking pretty confident and very sure about the plan of, all right, go interrogate this incredibly crotchety old man. And then as soon as the doors opened, her entire sort of demeanor changes as she realizes, oh, okay, we're about to go interrogate a real crotchety old man, and oh boy, this is going to get weird. Her, like, shoulders scrunch up a bit, 
But she still keeps walking forward and approaches the front desk. There is a person behind the front desk, probably in their lower 20s, short brown hair shaved on the sides. Their name tag says Jamie, and their pronouns are they, them. And they look up from their computer to look at the four of you as you enter. And they arch their eyebrows towards you and say, Welcome to Sunset Manor. Are you here to visit somebody? Yeah. Yes, we are. We're here to see... We're here to see Jacob Dawes. Oh, he seems to be popular today. Are you related or... Yeah, I'm the granddaughter. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. Have you been here much? I normally try not to, I'll be honest. Only when there's an emergency. I think they just chuckle and say, Okay, uh, he's in room 19, just down the hall on your right there. Right, thanks. Actually. Real quick, how much yelling has he been doing so far today? He's been surprisingly well-behaved today. Oh, God. Mr. Doss has seemed like he's been in a pretty good mood for... And you can tell they stopped themselves from saying for once. Oh, God. Oh, that's almost worse. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. By the way, I love your hair. Oh, thanks. I just got it done. Jackie is going to start walking towards that door. Is it fair walking towards their own execution? One up, upon noticing this, wants to ask Jackie, Hey, is there a reason beyond the obvious that this is so nerve-wracking? They stopped in front of room 15. And they drop their voice low for this and have everyone just gather up real quick. Okay. Couple things. So we're we're all about to go see the crow. The crow, the the second one. I believe some of y'all have met my uh, dad, the third crow. This is the one from right before that. He's, I don't know how to be diplomatic about this. He's a dick. He's a pretty just awful person. He's, I think he's, I don't know. I think he's been like, just always really resentful of both my dad and also me because of my dad. Because his reign was cut a little bit short. And I don't know. I always try my best most of the time to respect my elders and whatnot. But this is going to be, I think, really difficult. I don't know how effective I'm going to be at pulling information out of him. And I hope that... Y'all might be able to do it a little bit better than I can. Really just need to figure out what he wants with my dad and where he's taken him. Both of which I'm pretty sure he's going to know. But I might have a little bit of a hard time asking. That's 
Fair enough. We'll be here to help. Yeah, you can just focus on surviving. <sighs> Thanks, y'all. Thanks, team. I appreciate it. Could Omega possibly listen ahead for anything coming out of room 19? Any nefarious plans to be heard through the door? Omega's usually standing at attention. Now Omega is standing at ease. Because civilian Omega. But <laughs> you still sense a lot of tension, a lot of really trying to not mess this up. <laughs> and definitely wants to be helpful as soon as entering the building. Omega, as you are tuning in to room 19, there's a lot of space between you and that room. There are a lot of conversations going on and a lot of medical equipment in the four rooms between you and there. So it's hard to isolate what's coming from where. You hear bits and pieces of conversations, some about the glory days of superheroic. You hear a villain and a hero talking about, oh, remember this fight that we had back in 1937 and so many conversations and machines overlapping that without knowing who you're listening for, it's hard to pick out what bits and pieces are being said by who. You can tell there is definitely a conversation going on in that room, though. You can pick out two voices, but you can't tell what they're saying above the din of noise that's going on all around you. Okay. I think that Omega will recognize that if she strains a little more to try and listen in, they're going to hurt themselves and take a step back, breathe, get back into their own body and just say to the gathered group, there seem to be two people in the room, 19. Does your grandfather usually have visitors? Um, a good question. I'll be honest, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't normally show up here. The person in the lobby said that he's been popular today, so we're not the first people to visit him today. I wonder who he has over. It's maybe some of your family. It's maybe a co-conspirator. So you can keep our eyes yeah. out. Stay sharp, everyone. Yeah, keep our ears peeled. So Jackie is going to approach the door and grab the handle, close her eyes and take a deep breath, and then open the door. Not knocking or anything, just opening the door. In some ways, she thinks that he probably knows that she's coming. As you open the door, the room falls almost immediately silent. Inside of this room, you see your grandfather lying in his bed, covers pulled up, not like all the way, but like up mid-stomach. He's a fairly old black guy, 
showing signs of his age. He's lived not exactly a calm life, and you can see that on his face. He's got, I think, very thick gray hair, and he looks over at the door as well as somebody that has quickly stood up from a chair nearby his bed. They are in a suit that a super-powered person might wear. It is, like, purple and gray color scheme. It is vaguely cat aesthetic. Like, it's got the ears, it's got the claws, it has a gray stripe down the back. And they instantly enter into a sort of battle stance with their arms slightly back, ready to fight as you enter into the room. Uh, oh, hi, Grandpa. Who, who the hell, J Jacqueline? Yeah, it's me. Hello. He makes a show of looking at his wrist. He is not wearing a watch. And says, well, it ain't my birthday, so why are you here for? Me and my friends were just over at the, uh, convention center. And, um, some things came up, and I, I don't really know how else to put this, but, well, your son kind of went missing, was kidnapped. And, uh, we came to see if maybe he just left and came here, or it, maybe you might know something. Oh, you got me. I hobbled out of the retirement home, grabbed the guy. He's stuck in the closet over there. I just hobbled my ass back in here quicker than anybody could see me. Perhaps your visitor knows something. They're about halfway between ready to throw hands and normal standing position. And Jacob looks at him and says, hey, he was just leaving. And they share a very pointed glance. And the unnamed person is going to attempt to walk out of the room unless one of you stops him. With Joy's experience with Soup Swap of knowing stuff about supers, heroes in Infinity City, is anything about this costume recognizable to Joy? You would not recognize this person. Okay. Omega is going to let them pass, but very much like dare them down as they do it, and just try to gather as much information as possible. What does this person smell like? What stuff is on their suit? Does their hydraulics mechanisms the movement have some sort of noise that is distinguishable from other super suits just trying to gather as much information in a very short amount of time you get a very distinct scent coming off of them it's very clearly not coming from them we get a couple of panels of omega analyzing them and however that looks on the page squares in on essentially a utility belt that they have which has very unique odor coming off of it and you know in the future you would be able to use this to track them down if they were within a reasonable distance of you 
Yeah, a panel just analyzing stride length, an anal, a panel like looking up and down on the mechanics of the suit, and then a panel of just a light switch goes off and like time stops and sent before the person just continues walking down. And Omega will follow with eyes until it's reasonable to turn back into the room. As they exit out of the room, they stop briefly to pick up a metal quarter staff that they attach to their belt, and then they are out the door without saying a word. Granted, you seem to seem to be very popular in here, apparently, according to our friend over at the front desk there. They're not my friend. They keep pushing those damn pills on me. They're... they're... Doing it for your own good, probably. I don't need to take pills. I don't got arthritis. I'm a goddamn superhero. Yeah, you've got super arthritis. We get the panel of his eyes narrowing at Casey. It's not really clear if he heard it, but if he did, he's not happy about it. Omega knows that Jacqueline asked us in particular, to, like, do most of the talking here, and that's not what's happening. I think Omega is going to, like, see that, ooh, this is not going well, and just, it is true, Zen. You are the crow, yeah? <laughs> the, the second one. I am a little bit of a fan, I guess you could say. I... No, my friend, Jackie said that you were her grandfather, but um, I would love to hear more about your good old days. He gestures hey. towards the chair that guy had stood up from for Omega to sit down and says, I'll pull up a chair. It's going to be a hell of a long story if you want to hear all of it. There anything in particular you want to hear about? Omega has studied the history of Infinity City and I think knows that general climate just around the Silver Age was just like things started getting a lot less like cartoon villainy and a lot more like a robot is going to blow up the world unless... <laughs> these three people from the west side of Infinity City, like, band together and do a science. And just asks general-ish questions about growing up in a time of raising stakes as a hero, and just talk to me about the biggest things that were, like, happening and how you survived those things. Because, like, I think that there is a part of Omega that is very interested in just learning about heroism and learning about the lessons that older heroes learned. Omega believes that that can help them become a better hero. So they sit and are trying to like use that genuine curiosity to also get them talking and try to figure out, does this seem like a person that could be scheming. Just where's your mental faculties at? 
my dude. He is very happy to talk about his days as a young hero, uh, about joining up with a group called the Avian Society. There was a plethora of bird-themed and bird-adjacent heroes at the time, and they banded together because, as you mentioned, the sort of way that heroics worked back then were all based around teams. And then he tells you that they decided one day to betray him, and they kicked him out. And he seems very bitter, and his mood turns very sour when he starts talking about that. And he sort of leaves it off, almost warning you that teammates aren't necessarily to be trusted. In his opinion, heroes only watch each other's backs when it's convenient for them. Huh. I guess you would know all about that, wouldn't you? Hmm. While Omega is keeping him, so to say, distracted, I want to see if he has a phone or a computer or anything out here because Casey could try to just touch it briefly and try to get some information out of it. It would be very easy for Casey to see. There's a phone sitting on his bedside table. I haven't really described this room, but it's got the sterile qualities of a hospital room, but as if it was made to look like a hotel. Mm -hmm. So you've got the slightly larger bed in basically the middle against the wall. There's a bedside table that he's got like a potted plant and some pictures on. His phone's resting there charging. There's a TV across from that. There's a desk off in a corner and a bookshelf with some books. I think he's got, like, a window room that looks out into the communal lawn of the retirement home. But yeah, there is a smartphone sitting there charging on the bedside table next to him. Now that his attention is somewhere else, I think Katie would like to just walk over there and take his phone in her hands for a little bit and try to see if she can communicate with the phone to get any sort of information out of it. As Casey is walking over and reaching out towards his phone, his head snaps away from Omega to look at them and just says, What the... What are you doing? That's my phone. I'm... Don't be coming in here trying... Was this all some sort of distraction? Jacqueline, are you trying to spy on me or something? What the hell's going on here? Uh, no, sir. I just... I just saw your phone and wanted to see it up closer because I'm interested in this sort of thing. I just wanted to see what sort of phone you have. Sorry. You know how it is, sir. Us, us young folks, we can't stay away from, from our phones. He unplugs it and stares in Casey's eyes as he tucks it up underneath his pillow. I think Omega will pipe up and say, <clears throat> I am sorry, uh... I've really wanted to meet Sucro, and it seems I have 
used my friendship with Jacqueline to arrange a meeting and bore my friends. Um, sometimes they get antsy. I am, I don't know how weird this might be. You're probably a very busy person. There's lots of things to do. But would I maybe be able to call you sometime? So we could perhaps talk more. I am a bit of an aspiring hero, and I would like to know more of the work that you have done. Because I know the legacy of the Crow is great in this city. He looks between Casey and Omega and says, Anytime you want to have a conversation about it, you can put in the legwork and come down here and talk to me yourself. Because now he's just being rude to Jackie's friends, and I think also just the nature of how long he was talking and Jackie being worried about her dad. I think Jackie's going to say, It's okay. It's alright. Realistically, he doesn't really have that many stories to tell you. Probably can't really tell you much of anything or give you any real good advice. Wasn't really a hero for very long. I think he looks over at Jackie and says, At least I never almost ended the world. At least I didn't specifically work with my enemy to nearly destroy everything. At least I, me collaborating with people didn't get a lot of people killed. And at least I still get to, generally speaking, keep doing what I am supposed to do, doing what I was meant to do, which is to help people. Whereas you, I suppose there's a reason that you are here and not in perhaps one of the nursing homes that feels less like a hospital, like where your old teammates are. If you were meant to be helping people, God would have given you some kind of powers, but instead, Jacqueline, you're a nobody daughter born to a nobody son that hasn't done shit for this city to wipe your ass on. Now, if you don't get out of this room, I will have the aides escort you out. I think Omega takes exception to that characterization of Jacqueline. They stand up and physically put their body in between Jacob and Jacqueline. And I think they're just going to lean down and in a very somber, quiet tone. According to the files I read, your granddaughter in this world is one in a million. Is the only one that saved the city and survived. She is special. And the fact that you do not see that is very sad. You can keep your number. I will not be visiting. And I think they're going to turn around, grab Jacqueline's arm. If Jacqueline is okay with that situation... As you get done saying this to him, 
he raises up one of those little, it's very clearly a nurse call button, and he just presses it, and almost immediately you hear footsteps coming in the direction of this room. I do want to use a small amount of telekinesis to, again, because of what this man just said about Jackie, I figure her taking this moment to be like, I actually do have powers, fuck you. And it also embarrassed this man, I think would also be extremely funny. She specifically manages to make the water fall into his lap. So that when the nurses and security people show up, there's a pliable excuse, I think, of, oh, looks like Grandpa wet himself. I guess we'll just be going. As the employees of this nursing home get there and see that there's wetness on his sheets, he's like jolt upright in bed. He's yelling incoherently in your direction. And I think they just usher the four of you out talking about needing to help him change his sheet. Jackie will just sort of get a last look back at him and just give him the same dirty look that he gave her earlier. But then also she's going to also give a little bit of a grin because in her brain she's thinking, oh, yes, a god decided a little bit of power is a thing that I kind of deserve. So I guess I feel good about this then. One up, you know, anime hair and all, kind of peeks into the next room, literally just room 18, the one immediately next to Jacob's. I just sticks that that wild hair in there and sees if anyone is in there. There's an older lady in there, probably a little bit older than the crow. Older white lady. I think she's writing at her desk. As you enter or open the door, she doesn't seem to hear you. She's got her back turned and is writing at the desk in her room. One-Up's gonna kind of knock and then sort of wave. She turns when she hears you knock and just says, uh, hello? Hey, um, I'm sorry to bother you. I just came to ding my, um, godfather, Jacob Dawes, next door. And, um, you know, he had a visitor earlier and I, I didn't quite catch their name. You know, all in purple, kind of a cat vibe, quarterstaff. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever gotten his name before. He's in here fairly regularly, though. If you'd like to stay and chat a while, I'm sure you'd run into him again. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good to know. I've got to um, run off to get my hair done. Uh, maybe next time. And, and thank you for the help. Oh, yes, of course. Good luck with your hair and the way she's looking at you she disapproves heavily of the anime hairstyle you have (laughs) yeah i feel like there's definitely like a a panel of one up like patting the hair down as best they can and say yeah i'm definitely you know i'm gonna i'm overdue well thanks ma'am techno check is uh walking to the front desk and trying to chat up our new friend jamie Yeah, as you get close, Jamie once again raises their eyebrows and says, Oh, is everything all right? I heard Mr. Dawes called for help. Where did the rest of you go? Yeah, well, everything is fine. He he, uh, tripped over his glass of water. I think everything is super. Hey, you must hear that joke a lot around here. It's, uh, super common. 
Hey. They look very disappointed with themselves for saying that. Speaking of super things, when we went in, we saw this person we didn't recognize this guy with purple and gray cat-like costume, porter stuff. Do you have any idea who that was? I'm afraid I can't, can't disclose that's on a personal basis with the residents. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, no, no worries. That's understandable. We were just wondering because my friend is Jacob's granddaughter and we didn't recognize this person. We were just wondering they're apparently not a relative or anything and just worry about old grandpa. Just wanting to make sure he doesn't get into the wrong kind of crowd in his older age. Jamie looks at you and says, I can assure you this, they're not going to cause any harm to Mr. Dawes. He's, well, not in any state to be leaving on his own. And all I'm going to say is that it's not uncommon for our residents to have family that the rest of their family doesn't know about. Ah. They're sort of sitting out front <laughs> waiting for the rest of the team. And um, Jackie's going to turn to Omega and say, thank you for standing up for me in there. I really appreciate it. Omega was just like, Standing at attention, very like thousand yard stare. Went from at ease to attention again <laughs> without subconsciously thinking it. And it's just been thousand yard stare. I don't think Omega hears you the first time that you say that, but I think they'll recognize. <clears throat> I, I am sorry. Sure, oh, yeah, saying something. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Thank you for standing up for me in there. I really appreciate it. Really do appreciate it. That man, it's always so difficult with all of the, all of the everything. I'm like, I do still obviously feel a little bit bad for almost ending the world and everything. But I just, I don't know. It's interesting. I didn't think that he would, I thought he would have the good sense to not go there. And I guess I was just holding out hope that he wouldn't, but I don't know why I thought he wouldn't. But in any case, I appreciate you standing up for me because I... Don't think I would have been able to. He's not against him. Then I turned 18 and um, decided to be a hero. It was, it was a dream come true that I could join you and Techno Jack. It is at least obvious to me that um, you are someone exceptional and i've 
really wanted to learn from people that have actually saved the world. That actually make Infinity City a little bit safer. I don't know how to do that. And you have saved everyone within these city's walls. So thank you. You're already pretty well on your way to also saving people. Like I just said, you saved me back there. And no one had to get punched, which is also great. Oh, I was so worried that someone was going to get punched. There was a lot of tension with the cat person in the purple with the staff. It smelled like there was some smell coming out of that utility belt that just... Ugh, it sets its tone for the entire visit, and I feel felt a little queasy throughout that entire thing. Mm, I'm focusing... Just mm, holds it down and still. <laughs> it's always the cat people that smell the weirdest. Have you noticed that? Joy, as you are finishing up your conversation with this old lady in room 18, you see something on her TV that catches your attention. There is live news coverage of a super heroic event going on downtown. This footage comes from above in a news helicopter. As the cars on this street are being knocked off to the side, not by anything that can be seen, but you hear the newscasters talking over the footage and say, there seems to be a new villain on the loose in Infinity City. A speedster of some sort that calls themselves Speedrun. More on this story as it develops. Infinity City is an Elliot Andrews production and was edited by Elliot. The rights to all characters, locations, and ideas presented in this episode belong to the person that created them. If you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash elliotandrews or by telling a friend about us. Stay up to date on this and other shows Follow us on Twitter at Elliot Presents, on TikTok at Elliot Andrews Productions, or join our Discord, linked in the show notes.